Hello, good people, and welcome to the Amateur Hour. My name is Justin. My name's Tyler. And welcome back, all you beautiful viewers. <laughs> I hope you're noticing something different. And uh, but before I say that, actually, let me let me start off by thanking our sponsors because I'm not gonna lie, I forgot to thank them at the top uh, last episode. So thank you to our lovely sponsors. Kelly's Kernels, and The Grim Reaper over on Twitch TV. Thank you guys so much. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Always love these sponsors. Again, they're in the description down below. You're going to hear more about them later. So let's not worry about that. Let's get into the podcast. Let's get into the needy-greedy, right? First things first, I have another microphone. I'm using the classic one-of-a-kind AKG microphone that we normally use during uh, our podcast when we used to meet in person. Um, and I'm super excited. I brought it back. I was trying the shotgun mic last episode. So if you notice a difference in quality, that's what it was. Uh, the shotgun microphone, very clear, but just too sharp. Too sharp for my voice, at least what I feel. And I'm more comfortable using the AKG P20. Uh, I forget the rest of the name of it but it's a P120, that's all I know. I think it's a condenser mic. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Let's get into topics, right? There's been a development. You know us at the podcast. We, we've often talked, we, we talk about phones a lot, quite a lot, right? It's, it's a big part of the tech. It's, it's your daily driver. It's our daily driver. It's what we use in the podcast day in, day out. Um, and it's, uh, you know, definitely worth mentioning and saying that uh, we we at one point were all Android lovers. Both me, Tyler, and our uh, old podcast host and friend, near and dear friend Junior, was an Android guy. But then someone made the fatal switch, and that was Tyler. Tyler was the first to make the switch back to. The iPhone. I believe at the time he switched to an iPhone uh, 12 Pro Max. And he was enjoying it. He was loving the ecosystem. He was just loving the, the phone in general. And then the next who fell in line, uh, our buddy Junior. He then made the iPhone switch. And we all were Android lovers. Shout out to the Galaxy phones. I still think the Samsung Galaxy S10 was one of the greatest phones alive. Uh, I still miss it. Rip. May peace be with you. But he is with my dad. So, you know, Papa bless, right? <laughs> uh, it was a lovely phone. I loved everything about it. And then, uh, you know, after the Samsung kind of, I went to Pixel and then everyone went to iPhone. But now I've been sitting back. I've been thinking. And, you know, I mean... We're going to talk about you in a little bit, Osti. And Osti's always been a lover of... Uh, he's always been a lover of the iPhone. He's been an iPhone guy. But we'll talk about that in a second. You know, the, the, the next thing is, is like... So I have the Pixel. And I love the Pixel. And the new Pixel came out. And I probably want... I really wanted to switch to the Google Pixel uh, 6. It looked like a fantastic phone. Um, it had just great everything else in the world so um and they had that new google tensor chip which also made me just very excited to to try it out 
But I've made the executive decision that come time, I am going to be making the switch to an iPhone 13. Now, there's several reasons. A lot of it has to do with the career choice that I'm making in terms of pursuing voiceover. So if you guys want to check me out, I might shout that out sometime. Um, but yeah, it's a part of the career choice I'm making. I love the, the you know, I, 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 I love the voiceover, right? I love having to record my voice and stuff. But at times, what does that mean? That means I have to ha- be able to... Um, I have to be able to, you know, do an audition possibly over the phone or record on the go. And maybe the only device that I have in my pocket is what I need to use to record the phone. And the Apple phones have been known for how well they they do in terms of like their microphone system is super clear quality. Uh, you don't have to be in a phone call to receive that super clear quality of microphone. And you can just record on the go and submit it. Plus, they have AirDrop. So I'll be able to drop a lot of files, uh, audio files, either to my phone or from my phone to my laptop with no troubles. So that's another fantastic thing about the uh, the Google phone. Or, sorry, <laughs> the iPhone. <laughs> Forgive me. I, I'm already missing Google. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so let's say I'm on the go. I, I have an audio file on my laptop, but I can't get internet. Well, I just airdrop it directly to my iPhone. And then from my iPhone, I email it out to my talent agent. So, again, just the ecosystem itself is, is I think, very cohesive and that's the one thing that i have to admit apple has right like apple has always had reliable phones but they have such a cohesive ecosystem in terms of like your watch your your headphones and your phone everything can easy to connect um and just it's just so streamlined so to speak in in such a well manner that that's that's really it so uh, eventually I'm going to be making that switch. When I do, I'll let you guys know. I'll give you my personal review of the iPhone and w- how I felt about making the switch. Um, I'll also be switching to from a, a Galaxy uh, or Samsung Gear S3 watch to an Apple Watch eventually. And there's a lot of cool features with the new Apple Watch that I absolutely love. Um, it, you know, it's a very health, health, sorry, <laughs> Health conscious watch is another thing that I love about it. It's got its like new whole SOS system in terms of like if you're having heart failures or you're knocked out somewhere, uh, the the watch can contact the police uh, in the case of an emergency. So there's a lot of other fantastic features that we might get into later in the future, but. This is, you know, uh, I do want to talk to an avid Apple lover because he's got some some new tech, and um, we're going to discuss that. So, Austin, you've been a lover of the iPhone for a while, and uh, you recently came into possession of uh, something new, so to speak. Yeah, um, so I guess what was it about three, maybe two weeks ago? No, about two weeks ago, I... Uh, decided that my, uh, my old iPhone and XR 
and the battery life on that thing was just awful. Don't really know what the deal was, but I charged every time of the day, and I got sick of it. So I decided to upgrade. I went with the 13 Pro Max, and I am very, very happy with it. Um, I like the, the design. It's been out for a while, so this isn't new, but it's still awesome. I just like the design of it. I like the back to the iPhone 4 where it was like more boxy you didn't have like the curved edges and stuff um like I don't know I just like it a lot more the uh the only issue I've really run into is because of how I'm used to holding my phones you know because I like to to watch a lot of sports on my phone and stuff so I have all those apps and stuff so you got to hold the phone you know sideways I found that I accidentally like fast forward or rewind time because the screen you know goes from edge to edge pretty much um but that was an easy fix just phone case um, to raise my all my guess off of the phone but yeah it's really nice the camera quality is really good um i mean it's a big phone but it's really not not so that it's like taking up your whole pocket either I don't really notice that much of a difference unless I'm watching on my phone. Um, but I mean, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, and I, when Justin to me, uh, he was thinking about making a switch. I was, was like, I told the first thing I told him was, I said, you should get pro max because it's just big. Camera quality is really good. I it is really, really good. I've, uh, on my old phone people would have issues sometimes hearing what i was saying if i was like on speaker thing and with this one no issues so i really enjoy it so hopefully hopefully depending on when you upgrade you can get that or maybe get the whatever iphone 15 or 14 whatever's out by then either way i don't been too bad so yeah i mean the iphone pro max right it's 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 a fairly big phone, and uh, I'm surprised that you went with the Pro Max, right? I didn't know how big of a phone guy you were, right? In terms of, like, meaning how big the phone was. Um, so Tyler is also a fan of, like, the huge screen. He loves the the battery life and everything that comes with it. For me, mm-hmm. I, I personally, I like the smaller form factors uh, of a phone. So I think the reason I'm probably going to go with the iphone 13 itself first off color options right like there's uh you have graphite you have the white and gold you have silver and then you have glacier blue in terms of the iphone pro but the iphone 13 has the they have the midnight which is like this deep deep blue that it looks pretty much black Mm -hmm. um you have uh the red one uh, which is iPhone pro, uh, product red, it's called, which is also really cool because it, it goes in terms of uh, donations. Um, but I believe then you have a blue and I forget the other color, but there's oh, there's a wide range of colors for the regular oh. iPhone 13. Um, but not only that, I mean, the camera's 4K, everything runs fairly smooth. You're still getting 60 hertz uh, screen. So that's... Still a decent amount of refresh rate. Um, 
and the battery life is is pretty decent as well. So for me, oh, yeah. the iPhone 13 is probably pretty perfect because it's yeah. perfect size, 6.1 inches. Um, I would have gone with the iPhone uh, 13 Pro, but because that one I believe is also 6.1, but I'm just not a huge fan of the humongous camera bump in the back. I mean, it's super fantastic because if you're a person that is looking to record insanely high quality uh you know, video, it, they have the new ProRes option for, um, what's that called? Phones that are, have 250 gigs and ProRes is fantastic for editing professional video. Um, but I, I'm not really going to record a lot. I don't record or take pictures a lot. I've, I'm normally a person that likes to live in the moment quite a bit. I used to be a huge social media guy, um, but then at some point I decided to sort of take a step back and was like, you know what? I don't want to be, uh, in, in that realm anymore. Right. Like I just like, I'm like, I want to live in the moment. So in terms of the camera and stuff like that, you're still getting 4k quality. You're still getting, uh, high res HDR in terms of, uh, the camera itself, both for for the front facing and back camera so I was like you know what the 13 feels nice for me but the thing that's fantastic about the Pro Max is it's got a huge battery life in it um I want to say really? either uh 4 to 5000 milliamps I don't remember because Apple doesn't post the exact uh battery specs ever on their website and so you have to go to like some third party website to look it up um, and I currently can't, uh, exactly recall right now, uh, what exactly it was in terms of like battery life, but I mean, um, I'm super excited I, that you got it. Yeah. I, I will say I've never once in my life had a phone or cause I, I, you, I mess with my phone quite a bit, watch stuff. Um, I've, I, I'm a, a victim of. Uh, somebody sends me a TikTok, I look at it, and then I end up looking at like 500 more. But I've found that I can, I've changed nothing in how I use my phone. I'm like, I watch a decent amount of like, I guess TV, if you want to call it that, TV, TikTok. I, I play a lot of uh, fantasy uh, football, fantasy hockey. Uh, it's a big one right now. And I found that I can go two entire days without plugging it in. If I get, if, you know, I wake up in the morning 100%, I can go that whole day, I charge it overnight, and then go the rest, the, the whole next day. And about the time I'm ready to go to bed, it'll hit about 10%. I'll be I'll need to charge it but I with my old phone I you know like I said I had to charge it two three times a day and this phone like don't have to worry about that I mean I haven't plugged it in all day today and I'm uh, I've been watching sports on it all day long and I've still got almost 70% battery life so battery life is really 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 nice that's like was the main reason I wanted to upgrade it is because I just Nothing makes me more mad than having to constantly plug my phone in and charge it. Yeah, I mean, th I, I agree. Uh, that was one of the issues I remember back in the Google Pixel 3 days. Uh, the battery life was absolutely 
dreadful. It was like only probably like three to two thousand milliamps or whatever. And that thing would just I think it was like three, but it would just drain within minutes. <laughs> Super fast charging, twenty five minute charge, but you would lose battery life. And there's nothing more annoying than having to charge your phone every ten seconds. So I mean the fact that you know you're you're now able to enjoy your daily driver and use it for several hours before you have to charge it. I mean, that's fantastic. So I have two questions for you. So what color did you choose? And are you utilizing the uh, MagSafe charger that they have uh, for the back of the phone? So I, um, I ended up getting the, like, it's a lighter blue. Um, it's because blue. like okay. my old phone, yeah, the glacier blue. I I really wanted that dark blue, and I didn't realize you couldn't get that in the Pro Max. Um, so I was gonna go. I was I almost got carbon or whatever, the, uh, like dark gray one. But uh, the lady showed me pictures, and so I ended up getting the glacier uh, one. As for I did not get mag charger battery pack thing on the back i to, i mean i don't know if i necessarily would need it unless i just felt a desire to not have to charge my phone for you know four or five days type of thing um battery life in it in itself is so good already or at least for me i mean if i imagine if you're oh say you're a single not even single but if you're just like a parent and you know to entertain your kids on a car ride that's three four hours you throw your phone back there and they can watch sesame street for the car ride i'm sure that would probably kill the battery a decent amount but it's very very good for what i need it for so i don't know if i'd even look into it probably but i don't think i would get it well in terms of like the magsafe charger so I'm not really talking about the battery pack, but the uh, the cable that sort of connects to the back. Oh, the yeah, cable. Yeah. yeah, it's still um, on the cable. It's kind of like a wireless charger, except a little bit different because it just magnetically sort of connects to the back of your phone. Oh, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Those, It's like, uh, yeah. Uh, I have not looked into it. No, I, I, uh, I, I might at some point, but for some reason I thought you were talking about the... When I, when I was at the store, the lady asked me about um, they, they have like this big brick battery thing, and so that's what I thought you were talking about. Um, I don't know. I might look into it, but I don't know if I'd. I'm fair. I'm relatively simple in that stuff. I think that's more of a Tyler thing. I think Tyler would probably want something like that. Okay. I mean, so like I know. I already have, like, my iPhone all planned out, right? Like, I even want to go with the Silophone iPhone case. I know it's, like, 49 bucks. It's a little overpriced, but I'm like, eh, it looks nice. Um, but the MagSafe charger, I would love to... They make this dual MagSafe charger. So if you have, uh, for example, an Apple Watch and an Apple phone, this dual MagSafe charger, it, like, it's it folds into a tiny square, but then you fold, unfold it, and it becomes both a uh, iPhone charger and a um, Apple Watch charger, and it's very tiny, very you know able to utilize in your space. It's magnetic, so you you don't have to worry about it like sort of rolling off of your devices. 
unless you probably drop it on the floor or something like that. So, I mean, I think it's a fairly, fairly cool option to go with. Um, I, you know, one thing that I never really asked you is, like, do you personally have a uh, an Apple Watch? Yes, yes. I have the, what was it, the Series 5, I think? I have a Series 5, I believe. Series 4 or Series 5. Um, I mean, I guess it, if, if it can, like, charge, you know, like that, I, it might be worth it. But, um, like, looking at it right now, and it's definitely something that's interesting for sure. I think that uh, maybe, maybe at some point, maybe I would look into. But um, now I'm probably good. But it does look kind of interesting. For, um, yeah, I mean, the thing about like just watches in general. I mean, they're they're such a nice piece of hardware in terms of. You know, you, you get to sit back, you get to uh, use this device, and it's in terms of, like, on the go, right? Like, you're you're in the office, you get a text, you look at your watch. I mean, there's nothing that's been uh, more useful than to me than uh, a watch, a smartwatch. A lot of times I find myself always utilizing it for texts and notifications, seeing what exactly is going through. And normally I put like important notifications through my watch in terms of like, um, if I get a text on like a Facebook messenger or actual messages or phone calls. And the thing that I didn't really u- utilize my gear as uh, three for was the answering calls only because the volume was always super low and in terms of my quality to them, it was kind of bad. But my ex at the time uh, had gotten an Apple, new Apple Watch uh, as an early Christmas gift from this past Christmas. And uh, she had called me, and that thing was the most clear thing I ever heard. I was like, Apple, you did it again. <laughs> and uh, I was calling. For her, it came out super clear, super loud. Um, and then for her talking to me, it was insanely clear. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and uh, I was stunned. So that's another thing that, you know, I fell in love with the Apple Watch with. Um, and, again, smart watches for me personally, and I would suggest for people that are normally on the go, don't have time to pull out their phone and, or not looking to be rude in the middle of, like, a uh, business meeting or uh, just in general, being in a work environment that is near a lot of people, uh, a s- smartwatch is is the smartest thing to get. I think <laughs> it's it's a good purchase because again, it has that maneuverability where you're able to look at your watch without being too distracted. One and two, um, it allows you to see what's going on. Is there emergency? Is there something? Uh, along those lines of somebody trying to get in contact with you, it's just right there. It just vibrates. Boom. You look at your watch. Okay. I'm good. So, yeah, you know, in, in yeah, terms of all that, it's really good. Yeah. It's really nice. I like it for at work. I really wish, I really wish Apple would come out with like a Apple watch that looked like, you know, like a normal watch, you know, was like circular. Mm-hmm stuff but but still like you know screen and all that stuff i think that it would be really really cool because one thing i do not like about apple watches is they're like they're a little too bulky if you know what i mean like they they stick out 
pretty far off of your wrist. And I also think that the the design it's super easy to chip the screen and stuff. I mean, I'm very careful with where I'm throwing my arms and I've had two Apple Watches and both of them I've in some way, shape or form uh, gotten the screen in some some shape way. In fact, my last one, the one I have right now, it had it like four days and I went on a plane. And when I got off the plane, I looked down at my watch and the whole front of the screen was cracked. Oh, I have no idea how it happened. So that's that's one thing I hope that they would... It would be kind of nice, but you know, one step at a time. But, uh, yeah, that's really, really kind of that's cool that uh, the sound quality because I know, like, on mine, it's not the greatest, uh, it works, but it's not like super crazy good. I'm, uh, I'd imagine it's probably what you're describing, it's probably better than what yours was, but, um, I, I mean, it's having an Apple Watch is really, really nice. Um, I just hope they can get that, that like iconic actual watch look. Do yeah. like a series because doesn't Samsung Samsung does a series where they do like the retro watch look, but it's still like a regular. Uh, it's still like like an Apple Watch, you know, has all those features and stuff. But then they also have like their Pro series or something like that. Or maybe I'm switching them. They have like a different looking watch and then the traditional mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that's uh, one of the points I was going to make, actually, when you finished your thought. And so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, so the Gear S3 is extreme. It's an, it's an extremely nice watch. Um, like I said, again, it runs really well. It texts fine. It's just call quality, I think, is the biggest issue. And limit with, uh, in terms of, like, apps. Like, right, like Google's uh, watch, or, sorry, I... I keep getting everything confused. Apple's watch uh, has maps on it and stuff like that that you're able to utilize and actually works really well. But there is no navigation for the Gears series. But again, I have a Gears 3. I'm not too familiar with the Gears 4 and how different that is. But the fantastic thing about the the Gear series is that it looks like a watch. It's Gorilla Glass um, on the glass I've I've worked at a retail store, and I've been in the back, and I've smacked my watch. I'm not kidding you, like beyond hard, on a metal railing, uh, several times, and not even a chip on the glass, not a crack, not nothing. It lightly, uh, just discolored the body of the the watch. It didn't scratch it or anything. Like it is. That's how fantastic. Um, those watches are in terms of like durability Um, it has dust resistance it's uh, again uh, water resistant uh, for a certain amount of meters I believe it's like 30 to 35 Um, so you I mean you get it's a really good uh, watch but another small detail that is absolutely fantastic is the ability to choose whatever watch band you want so the uh how would you say so like the watch bands are you can use normal watch bands so like i could go to walmart or i can go anywhere if i want a leather band i literally can just make sure i have the measurement in terms of what fits in it but i can use whatever watch bands i want 
um, which is currently what I'm doing. I'm, I have like these cool, like I have a black leather band, I have a brown, a blue leather band, and I also have a like one of those like sort of silicone bands as well. So I could switch it at any point, at any time that I want. And it looks extremely nice. And I could change it for occasions. So if I'm wearing a brown belt and brown shoes, like I went to a wedding uh, a, a little while ago with with one of, you know, with my ex. And uh, I was wearing brown belt, brown shoes, and I changed it to a brown leather band, right, to look nicer. I want something more casual. I switch it to that silicone or something like that. So it was very... It gave you options in terms of style uh, it, when wearing the the watch itself. And so that's something that I love that Apple doesn't really offer, right? Like they, they offer different bands, but it's whatever they're selling and whatever fits on your device. And it's kind of unfortunate, right? Because you're so limited. And in terms of durability, I think Apple makes a, a sport watch. Um, that is supposed to be a little more, uh, how would you say, durable. I could have sworn that there was a difference in glass. I might have to research it more and then bring it back uh, to the topic of the podcast or mention it next episode. Um, but yeah, that's so. I that might be a solve, uh, a solution. Sorry for your problem uh, in terms of the screens cracking and stuff like that. If you were to ever upgrade. Um, but on that thought, it's break time. So now before we go to break though, we have some fantastic things to talk about with a lot of Sony discussion to talk about, uh, next episode. So I, or not an episode <laughs> when we get back from break. So please stick around. We have a lot more, uh, tech talk, so to speak, or tech news, a lot of Sony has been in the news, so we're going to be discussing quite a bit of things uh, for you guys. I know it's a little bit late, but hey, we're excited to talk about tech. So stick around, enjoy this word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Enjoy high-octane gaming with the Grim Reaper live on Twitch. Watch the Reaper as he plays through a plethora of game titles, such as Call of Duty Warzone, Call of Duty Zombies, Valorant, Minecraft, and more. Join him as he competes against high competition in COD Warzone tournaments for large cash prizes. You can catch the Grim Reaper streaming Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 6 to 11 p.m. CDT. Just search twitch.tv forward slash the Grim Reaper. Link in the bio. Looking for a fun new way to eat popcorn? Then I have the place for you. Kelly's Kernels has 68 flavors to choose from. Try out their delicious birthday cake flavor or their cheesy cheddary flavor. If you want to go classic, the Chicago style flavor is for you. Either way, you have a wide variety of flavors to choose from. But that's not all. They offer other treats such as shaved ice, cotton candy, and mini melts. Be sure to enjoy the dine-in experience and bring the whole family. So come on down to Kelly's Kernels, where it's always poppin'. Located at 13226 Lincoln Plaza Way, Cedar Lake, Indiana. Link in the bio. And we're back from that word from our sponsors, and I hope you guys enjoy 
Again, all the links for our sponsors are going to be in the description down below, as well as our social media uh, is going to be in the description down below as well. Just click uh, the link tree. Again, we're available on five different platforms. So choose the platform of which you prefer, which I'm assuming right now you're listening to us on the platform that you want. But maybe a friend showing you, maybe you ran across us on YouTube and you're like, you know what, I'd rather listen to these people on Spotify. Well, I got good news. We're on Spotify, we are on SoundCloud, we're on Apple Podcasts, and we're even on Google Podcasts. So we have a ton of options for you guys. We have just a wide range of places you can listen to us why do we have so many places well because we figure it's it's got to be nice to to be able to have the options of what you prefer so uh, again we're on five different platforms all of those platforms as well as our social medias both our twitter and instagram whichever you prefer are in the link down in the description now fair warning in terms of our social medias we're working on it okay it's a little bit barren it's a little bit uh, it's being worked on, reworked. Again, we're the amateur hour for a reason because we're amateurs in this life and as well in the podcast realm of things. So um, social media management is definitely uh, it's something that we're going to get better at. We're going to figure out. Don't you worry. The podcast each season has gotten better. So we're always looking to improve with each new season the best that we can. But now let's get let's get into the topics. Let's get into what we had promised you. Sony. Sony has been in the news a lot lately. Um, they're just okay. Like you know, you can't talk about Sony without recapping what just happened. And if you didn't know what happened, go back to last episode that dropped. Check it out. Um, Microsoft had purchased. The lovely and wonderful, uh, what's that called? Activision and Blizzard uh, company. So that was a huge purchase, huge requisition, which they are, it is worth noting, um, the FTC, uh, I believe what's that? that's the Federal Trade Commission, uh, if I'm correct. But the FTC is looking into uh, Microsoft currently and so we got let fingers crossed that the deal goes through but they might not let the deal go through uh if it is falling under the realm of a monopoly mm-hmm. they're going to force them to break up unfortunately mm-hmm. so let's hope that doesn't happen because i believe that the lifeline of activision is going to be microsoft um but anyway so that has a huge thing to deal with the news currently and i'll tell you why um, because Sony's stock took a dip. As soon as Activision was bought up by Microsoft, Sony stock dipped 20 million. I think that's insane. I think a, a huge part of it, I don't know, I, me personally, right? This is me theorizing. And I think that a huge part of the stock dipping is because people who were normally in in sony were like oh okay well activision games are available on sony as soon as microsoft bought up activision they're like oh maybe we should make that change because who knows if now they're going to start doing exclusives on xbox um so i don't know i mean what's your take on possibly why the stock took this huge dip 
Um, uh, well, before I get to that, one thing I did want to say about your uh, what you're talking about with the uh, the trade commission looking into the Activision Microsoft deal, they uh, they look into a lot of deals like that are that big, and ninety percent of them don't get you know uh, uh, denied, declined, whatever you want to call it. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, as for stock like i mean that's a big deal 20 million is a big deal i don't know how much that comes out to per share i don't know how many shares they have out but that's definitely like that's a pretty drastic swing and it just goes to show how much power in the uh in that in the gaming market uh microsoft basically just bought up and how much it's going to affect sony like obviously you know the stock it'll probably go back up uh, too close to or where it was at pretty quickly usually big dips like that a lot of times like especially around deals like this it's just like everybody freaking out and it'll it'll offset eventually but it's still like still a pretty significant drop and it just goes to show like this is a big deal like everybody agrees like microsoft just probably like with this deal basically made a deal of like a decade in gaming like buying up i up one of the biggest publishers in the in the market that isn't tied to one of the two consoles or isn't nintendo uh it that's a big deal um it's just wild to think 20 million dollars like i'm sure people at sony were probably uh sweating it a little bit when they looked checked checked that out and saw they were down 20 million on the stock market yeah that's literally uh about how much or I believe it's twenty billion. So that that's just how much of the market now, uh, probably who knows if Activision was worth right, and now Microsoft sort of dipping into that. Like they're becoming this this media giant. They're becoming the Disney of video games. And to be honest, um, that has there's there's a few things that I, I did read an article recently that uh, I'm going to discuss in a hot second, but. Uh, it has some people feeling like, okay, well, maybe the gaming industry is going to either get worse, or what does this mean, essentially, for the gaming industry uh, in terms of one company owning so much IP and owning just so many companies? Um, and, you know, some people think it's going to be a bad thing. For those of you who think it's going to be a bad thing, I, d I don't think so, right? I don't think that... I think that, again, Microsoft is going to be the savior of Activision because they're going through a lot right now. They have a lot of, uh, in, internally, their management system is absolutely dreadful and they have a lot of sexual misconduct allegations uh, just going through as well as being overworked. And there, there's a lot that needs to be gutted from Activision. And I believe Microsoft's going to do well. But Microsoft has done well as you know, with the IPs that they have, right? I mean, you have now Halo Infinite that uh, can be said it's a success currently. Um, you also have, uh, I'm trying to think of the other game here, uh, Gears of War. Gears of War, again, that franchise is doing just fine in terms of the video games that they release. And anything else that they've held, I mean, is, is doing fairly well. So I think that, you know, Microsoft controlling that much IP isn't necessarily a bad thing. 
Because when you look at Disney, Disney holds a lot of IP, but they're very trusting in 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 the stuff that they're developing. It's not, uh, for example, just being done carelessly. They're not just doing things just out of money. It's like when they're delivering like a Marvel movie or a Star Wars show, everything is of high quality, is hand like just handcrafted uh to perfection in in terms of making sure the the IP that they bought up is is staying true to its form and not turning into something that is just a money game. So I mean like yeah it's Disney like it obviously everything looks like you know it's at high quality and I think that like for the gaming industry I don't think it we're anywhere near monopoly because still have quite a few publishers i think this move just made general like especially some other moves we're going to talk about later and some of the previous ones you know with bethesda and stuff it's just making the market healthier because the gaming market like i mean it's you know what 19 the late 80s is whenever it really you know started truly coming onto the scenes you know with like the home consoles and stuff but like the big boom really happened in the 2000s um where it like took that that next leap and so I'll, i think all that's really happening right now is it's a, a condensing of the market there's too many there's too many people at the table we got to take a few away um and like you look at like you know whenever phones came out um you had like you had nextel you had sprint you had uh, AT&T, you had T-Mobile, Verizon, uh, Bell, I think it was called. Like, there was tons and tons of different, like, phone companies, like, and now, like, all, it's kind of centralized, and it's like, yeah, there might be different brands, quote-unquote brands, but, like, you know, AT&T owns, like, Cricket, um, uh, T-Mobile, like, the big ones now, are, it's just AT&T, T-Mobile, slash Sprint, and Verizon. Like, you've got three big players in that field. I think this move, it's like, you even saw it in the gaming industry, too. Like, you saw, like, Sega drop out of the industry. Uh, Atari, um, you you then saw Nintendo kind of move into their own little sub-market, because they're not real competitors, with Sony and Microsoft and now it's just down to those two. So I think it was just a uh, these recent moves it's just uh the market is like getting to where it needs to be. It's the natural progression of the market. Like so there's there's too many too many publishers out there. Some of them had to go and uh, like condensing it like you you touched on it a little bit. It's going to help a lot with like these people being overworked. And at Microsoft, it's like a known thing. They take care of their people. And, you know, like we said before and in the last episode, Activision wasn't doing that. And, you know, we, we want people to be taken care of. Um, so I I think it's just all this is is like just a I don't see any real negatives to it. Uh, I just see this as the market kind of playing itself out and we're getting closer to where the market should be and where it's going to be in my opinion at its best yeah and uh now another worry that has and i recently was reading an article um about 
Microsoft and now the implications of privacy in terms of our data that Microsoft kind of owns now, right? Because they own all these companies. A lot of uh, our data are, is tied to a lot of these video games, a lot of everything else. And some people kind of have an issue with that because um, they're like, all right, now, you know, video game space and, and, and now this company, Microsoft, is owning even more of our data because they bought up all of Activision and Activision had our data. And so it's like, you know, they're kind of getting scared of this idea that one company is uh, has a bigger percentage now of our personal data. I mm-hmm. personally... When it comes to my privacy, uh, my online privacy and everything, I think that, first off, that we all should have our online privacy. But, I mean, at this point, it, it's difficult to get rid of that system because, first off, you know, it's the best marketing tool that they have right now in terms of technology. I mean, you have Facebook that's literally listening through the microphone of your phone as well as looking through front and back facing camera because you accepted the terms of service of Microsoft Messenger or sorry, Facebook Messenger. And then now you, you know, Amazon again does the same exact thing. Google does the same thing as well. So it's, you know, unfortunately our phones and our technology and all the apps that we use, even if we didn't want to use them, we kind of have to, they just all are taking our personal data. And I, I don't know, there's no one real answer to to save us from that because, to be honest, the one good thing that I do have to admit in terms of, you know, having all this data taken from me is like, yeah, okay, I am getting advertisements for things that is in my ecosystem, is the things that I like to use is, and is not a bunch of junk that's not for me. It's stuff that I like. Like if I'm getting a commercial about Reese's, it's because I like Reese's. Or, um, for example, you know, if I'm getting an Xbox commercial, it's because I like Xbox. And I, I like that. I don't think that there's any issue in, in terms of uh, receiving that. And yeah. so, but it is kind of scary because I, I do want my privacy, right? Like I don't want, you know... Uh, me having a private conversation about a relationship or something like that being recorded and listened to by even if it's just an artificial intelligence I don't want it listening to my conversations at the end of the day I mean I what I say behind closed doors is is private and for me and if it's not information I'm putting out in the public purposely then why are you putting it out there for me you know so yeah it's it's kind of scary and it's irritating and and the thing is i think that if anything um and this is probably a whole topic in itself is that i mean it it makes us a lot more vulnerable that you know all these apps are taking all this data and stuff to cyber sort of security attacks where you know a country or something could hack you know some of these social media companies and literally have millions of personal data uh, you know, probably billions of, of amounts of data that is of our personal data that they could either use to use, use to extort you, blackmail you, or whatever it is. And, I, I, you know, so that's a scary implication. But yeah, I definitely... Uh, oh, go ahead. 
I, I was just going to say real quick, I, I think uh, I I get what why people think that uh, uh, Microsoft, you know, like having a bigger market share, I guess, might like mean they have more of our data. But in reality, like they're going to get that information regardless. And because the reason things are as cheap as they are like the reason that an xbox is as cheap as it is the reason an iphone is as cheap as it is the reason that half these subscriptions are as cheap as they are aren't because they're like most of the time they're not making money or if they are it's not very much off of you know the sales of these items like especially with like a phone or a uh like a uh, an app on a phone what they're making money off of is selling your data so like yes obviously having your information is like i i'm kind of eh, i don't really know if i want people having my data but at the same time it's a lot of it's part of why things are as cheap as they are now i don't know what the margin is and how much different things would cost if they weren't selling your data but um i mean if Microsoft wants our data, it's one of the biggest companies in the world. It's going to get our data. I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it really changes much of anything. And really, like, it, I think this conversation was something people should have would have been a better question when Microsoft first jumped into the game, um, like into the gaming industry, because uh, at this point, like, the acquisition is a big deal. But it's like, I don't know if it, it's not going to move the needle in that kind of way, if you get what I'm saying. I think, uh, I think that dad, they already have that information just because they're on Xbox. And two, I wouldn't be surprised if you get in a lobby with a PlayStation player. I'm sure in some way, shape, or form, Microsoft, the crossplay, I'm sure they're getting that information from crossplay too. So I don't think it affects, I don't think it changes much if it does anything at all. Yeah, very true. Um, and, you know, so move, continuing on, going back to Sony, uh, because, you know, we did promise that. and But, we you know, again, when you talk about one big sort of gaming superpower, it's always going to come with a conversation of its counterpart. But continuing back to Sony, another reason why Sony's right now in the, uh, how would you say, in the news is because they uh, currently are they're trying to figure out how they can compete with Xbox because now Xbox is you know even if they're not going to make all of these um, exclusive games because it's starting to look less and less like an exclusivity war and just more of like who owns more of the market and Xbox is owning a huge chunk of the market currently and to be honest Technically, it's smarter to to not have as many, uh, you know, exclusive games because, you know, you're going to be making more money anyway if you own Activision and your game's on Sony. <laughs> so you're yeah. still going to be making a return on your investments, essentially. So Sony, in, in a way to combat, uh, you know, the... the the market for video games has bought Bungie. Now it's kind of a weird buy because I forget how much they spent for Bungie, but I believe it was like a million or, or if anything, it was like 
a billion something. Three, I thought it was, it might be like 3.6 billion or something like that. Um, Um, but yeah, it's, it's apparently, it was quite a bit. Some people feel like it's, it's more than what Bungie's worth because currently the only IP that they're using, uh, is, is, uh, Destiny. That's, that's the only IP that they have and they're not really well people don't know if they're really developing anything behind the scenes i thought it was an interesting buy as well uh it was interesting because i mean i personally think that i'm like okay well bungie is a good company and i kind of miss them being at microsoft and you know they had expressed when they got purchased that they're not looking to do any exclusivity games so uh, for me personally i think it was I do think it was kind of a pointless buy for Sony. <laughs> I, I get that they're trying to grasp and, and and compete with Microsoft, but I personally don't think that, especially if you're not going to receive an exclusivity for Sony, again, it is smarter to own, like I was just saying for Activision, but in terms of Sony with a company that small, I think that they can get a lot more out of that company putting out a huge hit exclusive for them something similar to uh what halo did for microsoft so i don't know i i I do want your thoughts on this austin uh, in terms of how you feel and if you're able to find uh the number of what they uh sold for Mm -hmm. so i did find the number it was 3.6 got lucky on that guess um 3.6 billion so uh i kind of agree i agree with you in a lot of ways i think to me, it this doesn't move the needle for me very much. Maybe it's just because it. Part of it is definitely because I'm I don't play Destiny two. I didn't play the original Destiny. Um, but was interesting to me before I really get into how I feel about it is the fact that news outlets were talking about Bungie, and I specifically saw one. I wish I could remember what it was like. A higher level is a big time like publishing uh newspaper publishing or online publishing whatever you want to call it they were talking about it and the headline was like sony buys bungie now owns destiny and halo and i just thought it was so funny that people that these big time companies think that bungie owns halo when bungie hasn't owned halo in like what 10 years close to that something like that yeah it left quite a while ago i thought it was just kind of funny i was like wow that's uh if if that was the case this would be a much bigger deal if they're buying if they were getting halo as well <laughs> but um i uh getting back to your question i don't think it's that really that big of a thing especially the fact that it came out at it's really it seems to me more like Bungie needed somebody to publish the games, basically kind of front some of the cash for these games. Um, because if people don't know, uh, Bungie had like some type of publishing deal with Activision and they were kind of part of the Activision umbrella-ish. They like they they weren't they didn't have to do a they had to listen to some things that Activision wanted them to do, but for the most part they were autonomous. Um and then not too long ago, they kind of broke out from under that, which to me, the first thing I thought of now with this is I'm like, hmm, and especially with the Microsoft buys, I wonder if they knew Microsoft was about to get Activision and they just didn't want to be under that umbrella again. But 
Yeah, I just don't I don't see it as that big a deal. I mean, Destiny from numbers wise is a pretty good game, but it's like you're gonna you're telling me that Destiny 2 or how I think they they did like a it's like a 10 year deal where they're gonna run this game or something ridiculous like that. I don't know how long they have left. Probably at least four years, I think. But you're telling me that owning the rights to Destiny have and possibly turning it exclusive is worth 3.6 billion like ah that's all a stretch for me yeah i i think they got duped (laughs) yeah i think they did too especially the fact that like bungie came out and said i mean granted this could just be for destiny 2 that it's not going to go exclusive but the way they were talking it sounds like no none of their games are going to go exclusive and like this is this costs sony more money and it did Microsoft to buy Activision in terms of like how much they're making and stuff because Microsoft's just way, 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 way bigger than Sony. Um, so like in terms of like the amount, like the percentage of their like uh, value of the company, like this is a pretty big deal for Sony to buy. So I don't know. There's got to be like for me, there's got to be something that they're getting out of this deal. And I don't know if maybe the... It, Maybe their plan is to try to, I mean, which if if I was Sony, this is probably the way I would do this. If this is true, where they're not going to go exclusive and they're going to be a publisher for it. One of the things I would probably try to do is try to get Destiny 2 or Destiny 3 or any other games that Bungie makes. I would try to strike a deal with Microsoft and get it on Game Pass and get a portion of that because game pass is a massive uh piece of the market right now i mean i think i think game pass makes more game pass makes more money than like anything else right now i think it's doing so so well like i the numbers came out and they're just ridiculous i can't name them off the top of my head but it was nuts i think we talked about them last uh last podcast but if they could get it on Game Pass and get a little piece of that, or this could be a play, and it was something we were also going to talk about, is maybe maybe after Destiny 2 comes out, or finishes its run, Destiny 3 comes out, and they are going to make it exclusive and put it on their own version of Game Pass that is being discussed. I I just... I th- uh, I don't know if you heard the rumors a while back where Sony was trying to buy Take Two, which owns Rockstar, GTA. Uh, they own NBA Two K, all those games. Like for three points, if they could have spent like nine, ten billion to buy Take Two, that would be a big deal. But de- just Bungie and Destiny, like I, I just don't see the point. Don't see yeah, I, I think it was a bad buy. But I mean, aside from that, uh, just as you mentioned, Sony is trying to also uh, be a competitor for Game Pass, and it, they are said to be w- developing their own specific Game Pass, not PlayStation Plus, but uh, something further and more in depth and similar to what Xbox Game Pass uh, is developing. Now, this is a subject that we kind of talked about. A while back, um, I believe it was, I believe it was during season two um, of the podcast. We we had discussed this idea of Google Stadia and the idea of uh, 
you know, online game streaming. And we we're talking about how big at that time the idea of Game Pass was and how Microsoft was just owning that space and how phenomenal they were doing. And then when they when Microsoft purchased Zenimax, uh, we talked about how that company is uh, probably going to help further develop their cloud gaming because this is now a whole new big thing, which then leads into um, Amazon as well. But I'll save that for another podcast. But anyway, we were discussing how already Xbox was ahead of the game. And look, we're right because Sony is now trying to develop their own Sony Game Pass to keep up. So, I mean, Microsoft right now, they're they're killing it in the game. And, I mean, it leaves and begs the question, what will Sony do now, right? Like, are they going to just buy up companies? Or should they start focusing on a new, uh, you know, uh, exclusive title? Should they lean into that a little bit more? Uh, one thing that me and Austin kind of briefly talked about was this idea of bringing back the, the video game SOCOM. It was a classic game that I used to play back in PlayStation 2, and it was a lot of fun. It was a tactical, third-person, uh, campaign-driven um, shooter, uh, military shooter. And it was fantastic, and I would like to see that being brought back to life, essentially, uh, from uh, PlayStation's exclusives. Yet again, I think that would be such a, a fantastic development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think um, if... So if Microsoft goes exclusive with Call of Duty, which I, I still don't think they will, but say they do, they obviously PlayStation has to get a... Because first, let's be real, first-person shooter is the probably the number one uh, game genre in terms of like sales. Like Call of Duty sells like hotcakes every year. Um so they're they would have to come up with something that can like fill that void. And I mean, I say first person; it could be a third person, but some type of shooter. Um, so like, SOCOM would be a good idea. And I was thinking about it while you were talking about it. What interests me, and something I didn't think about until just now, is if you think about it, um, until this acquisition where they got Bungie. I can't think of a single single publisher that Sony owned or had an exclusive rights deal with that made first-person or third-person shooters or had a history of making it. So I wonder, this is all speculation, but if, say, they were to revive the SOCOM brand, um, would, you, would you not go to Bungie and say, hey, look, you have experience with this, help us out here and if that's the case if that's what playstation's going for then okay maybe this deal makes a lot more sense um that's very true. like i i mean because you look back at it the best years of halo was when bun arguably was when bungie was making the games so if you're able to take that formula that they had and extract it and throw it into a SOCOM game, or even if they come up with a whole new IP um, to combat Call of Duty or Halo or whatever, you know? Yeah, and especially I mean, if they're, uh, in, in terms of, like, the Call of Duty, if they're looking to 
Because like I said, again, Bungie's saying that they're not looking to be just on a, exclusively on one platform. So if that's the case, I mean, they could come up with a new, you know, shooter that is going to, like you're saying, combat Call of Duty in, in a phenomenal mm-hmm. way. Yeah, it would be it'd be very interesting. I mean, it. Uh, I mean, because the thing is, is like these Bungie workers, like the thing about them now being underneath sony umbrella is they can kind of move around a little bit so if they want to move some of these guys or like try to move some people that are in bungie and put them on like a different uh different uh project i'm sure bungie's i'm sure it's probably part of the contract that they can ask them to help out with some stuff i mean maybe bungie's not going to be like being the lead on a project but they will be an incredibly good resource if they're wanting to build something from scratch um uh if they're wanting to build something from scratch and uh create like a whole new ip that they think can with call of duty now that's a big ask but at least you have a at least they have somebody now under their umbrella that can help with that but now socom would be i think would be really cool i mean i uh i i would just like i think in general they're for the market, even if Call of Duty doesn't go exclusive, we need we need somebody who can compete with Call of Duty on the main stage because, like, right now it's Call of Duty and first person and really all shooters, and then it's everybody else because, like, Battlefield tr- has tried its best to stay in the fight. There's been a few years where it's been like, okay, this Battlefield's pretty good. Like, I kind of like it. But they just they just don't have the firepower to pump out game after game every single year like Call of Duty's been doing. And I mean, we we think that Call of Duty when they're pumping a game out every year is struggling. Battlefield is a whole different level when they're trying to pump out games every year. It's awful. But um, I mean, it's just I. I think if if they do do something like that, it would be such a cool thing to do is to bring some another new or you know even old IP into the into the zone, and it would force some of these other IPs to innovate or just do a better job of creating their games. Um, that I mean, that's that's the cool thing about competition, and I think that's probably part of i mean this is a different topic but probably part of why call of duty has not been doing as well is like you in the market we need they you need competition to breed success because if there's no competition people will get stagnant they get lazy they do the bare minimum and it's just it's just human nature i mean you if you set if you set uh in front of a hunter and gatherer you set a goat that can run two miles an hour or a cheetah that can run a hundred miles an hour which one are they going to try to kill they're going to try to kill the goat they're not going to try to push and try to kill the cheetah now if you put two cheetahs in front of them they're going to have to push for it and they're going to have to figure out a way and they're going to have to innovate and they're going to have to uh you know evolve and uh change things up it's not going to be easy like it would be on that note that can barely run away from you um so i think if this were if you know this is all speculation we haven't heard anything but if they bring socom or something into the fray it'd be really cool now 
that being said, it would really suck if it's an exclusive because then it's like, well, I don't even get to play it. But at least it would be something, um, something for PlayStation people to use if Call of Duty does go exclusive. Um, Very but, true. Uh, yeah, it's, it would be fantastic. So you heard it here, folks. We want the revitalization of SOCOM, and that's it. That's our only agenda here. <laughs> um, but with that said, we are at time. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this episode. Leave a comment down below uh, if you're listening to us over on YouTube or on SoundCloud. I know you have that ability to. So leave a comment down below. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of what Sony can do to compete? Are they do they even need to technically compete with Microsoft? Are they in their own lane? Um, you know, regardless, whatever your thoughts are, we want to hear them down in the comments down below. And don't forget to, again to check out our sponsors, uh, both the Grim Reaper over on Twitch. I believe he streams four days a week. Uh, link is going to be in the description as well as Kelly's Kernels. If you're out in Northwest Indiana area and you're looking for some delicious popcorn and other tasty treats, because yes, they have more than that. Uh, it's uh, Their link is in the description down below. Go ahead and follow them on Facebook. They have uh, both their location and everything else that you need to know. They also let you know store hours or if they're closing for any emergencies. Uh, so that will be in the description down below. So again, uh, and also don't forget if you're on YouTube, subscribe and hit that notification bell. And if you're on any other platform, make sure you follow us. But as always, 